Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Billy Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, some owners whisk their teams off in the middle of the night. Some will tell you right to your face, I'm leaving. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, it's Tuesday. We're ready. I have little papers and I also have big papers. The mic does work. Thank you for listening to my show today. It's Tuesday. We're recording. You're probably hearing this on Wednesday because that's when it drops. NFL historians and lovers of sports history, welcome in. This show is for you guys and gals. You already know this stuff. Congratulations. There's always someone else that does not. This show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we are here to do three things. That's all. To enlighten, teach, and learn. This this is the Behind the Mic Podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Belly Up Sports. The Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. BellyUpSports.com. Go on it. Click on it. Check out the stories as well as the shows, especially mine. And you can find us all on our home base of Spreaker, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, and more. All right, so we go right to the rundown. Week three. All right, it didn't start that great for me. Steelers and Browns. Um, I mean, the score looked worse than it actually was. And the Browns, I, I guess you could say that they're kind of legit. Um, to this point, it's only three weeks into the season. Um, Pittsburgh, we got some issues offensively that I think, well, I got to stop saying we. I said that last year, didn't I? Pittsburgh has got to fix their offensive woes. <laughs> All right. Um, and it's going to take some time. They have a new quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky isn't terrible. Um, I think he's good enough. He's serviceable. But we want to see fans, want to see him. <laughs> In uh, that offense, move the football a lot better, a lot better offense, uh, offensively than the Broncos though. All those punts, oh my god! Anyway, we'll get to them in a minute. Sunday night football. Um, but look, we lost the game. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost the game, uh, fair and square. Uh, it was a tough game, actually. It was, it was. It actually was a pretty good game that Pittsburgh led. What was it, fourteen to thirteen? And again, Cade York missing another extra point. Uh, woo woo woo! You know the ups and downs of kickers in the league and in college football by the way but 
you don't fumble on the goal line, Pittsburgh, you probably are talking about something different. And we moved to Sunday. Titans fans around here, um, they, they were crapping their pants uh, because it looked like that game was heading for a tie. They won the game 24 to 22, but they blew a 24 to 10 half line, halftime lead. I'm really surprised that Derrick Henry didn't run or rush for over 100 yards. He only had, what, 85. Uh, he had a good game. I get it. Tannehill was okay. The defense, I mean, look, the whole team, they need to, to just tell Kevin Byard, thank you. Thank you, Kevin Byard. He made two of the biggest plays in the game that pretty much saved the Titans' bacon. Ravens and Patriots. Ah, man. I hope Mac Jones is going to be okay. Uh, that high ankle sprain, that means he's going to be out for a minute. And that offense is already, I mean, they're doing well because of him, obviously. Um, there's no true offensive coordinator still. Am I right? Is uh, my man with the pencil behind his ear, the former <laughs> defensive coach, is Matt Patricia still calling plays? I mean, please enlighten me. But, I mean, it was a, it actually was a pretty decent game. But, I mean, Mac and Cheese threw too many picks. And that proved to be the difference in the game. Lamar Jackson, I, I think it's going to be, uh, at this point, just if we stopped right now, I think because of the way that Lamar Jackson is playing as well as the way that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are playing, we may, may, may be heading for, and it's easy to say it right now, an Eagles and Ravens Super Bowl. I don't know. They got the 37-26 to 26 win on Sunday, and, um, I mean, Lamar just keeps, you know, he just keeps doing Lamar Jackson things. He's quietly looking like he's going to win the MVP this year. He keeps, you know, running for 100 yards and, and throwing four touchdowns and 300 yards. I mean, the, the guy is just amazing. He's just amazing. Patriots, y'all are in trouble. Saints at Panthers, whole home. The Panthers won the game, what, 22 to 14? Uh, I mean, what else you want me to say? <laughs> Jameis Winston keeps throwing the ball to the other team late in the game. And uh, it's just not looking good for the Saints. They're just not the same team. That's the only thing I can just continue to think about. They're just not the same team. Uh, do they need to get younger in some positions? Maybe, but I think in some cases, maybe they need a little difference in quarterback. Jameis is serviceable as well, uh, but he just has to stop turning the football over. He's playing like he did when he was playing with Tampa. Stop throwing so many interceptions. He's talented. He's got the arm, and I believe he has the, 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 the mindset to actually do it, but, I mean, they're not eating W's right now. So, I mean, there, there are some things that they really, really need to change. Texans at the Bears. So, the Bears, they won the game. I mean, one of my first thoughts was Davis Mills, quarterback for the Texans. I mean, he's not bad. He's not great either. Um, and, again, I'm using that word serviceable. <laughs> they need a quarterback. They do. They, they truly do. But the uh, Houston Texans, they, they're in these games. I think, you know, they were, what, one and two? And easily these two games that they lost could have gone the other way. So, I mean, do with that what you will. What you will. I would take him before I would take Justin Fields at this point. Now, if Justin Fields improves, okay, come talk to me. But right now, that offense, and I said it last week, the offensive line is terrible. Montgomery goes down with an early injury. Thanks a lot. That killed my fantasy team, and I got destroyed this week. It was not good for fantasy anything for Mike. 
But, um, I mean, they lost. Uh, the Bears actually got the win in spite of all of that. 23-20, to 20, they got the game-winning field goal. Chiefs at the Colts. All right, so, I mean, they lost. They lost the game in Indianapolis, and some people called it. But what, one week, though, with the Chiefs, one week is, all right, they don't need Tariq Hill. The next week, it's the Seesaw thing. They lose. They need Tariq Hill. Or they win, and they barely put points on the board. They need Tariq Hill. Then they, they lose, and maybe they are missing Tariq Hill. I mean, which is it? Which is it? I understand, you know, it, there's no Harrison Bucker, you know, the the replacement Amendola, he misses an extra point. Okay, uh, Mahomes, he leads them in rushing with 26 yards. That's not good. Where's Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire? You know, what? where is, you know, the other, the running back room? You know what I mean? Then you got Mahomes and uh, Eric Bieniemy. They're arguing going into the tunnel at halftime. Apparently, you know, Mahomes is like, just give me a chance. And, the enemy is like, look, we just need to get in this locker room and figure out the second half. They didn't figure it out. They did not figure it out. And, I mean, Travis Kelsey, you catch that touchdown, maybe that helps. It goes right through your hands. They made too many mistakes. You you fake the field goal, and that blows up in your face. And then, in the end, <laughs> Matty Ice, <laughs> Matt Ryan with the game-winning touchdown pass to, who was it, the rookie, Jelani Woods, 24 seconds left, and that was it. And maybe that doesn't happen. If Chris Jones keeps his mouth shut, doesn't get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on a third down sack that he had. Yeah, whatever. Bills Dolphins, speaking of Tariq Hill, I don't even, I mean, they were quiet. Waddle had a big catch in the game, but uh, for the most part, you know, the Dolphins' offense was kind of quiet. I mean, they got the, the win. They won 21 19 on Sunday, but uh, it was all, all the talk is not really about that, it's about the butt punt. <laughs> Not the butt fumble, the butt punt. Thomas Morris did, you know, they're, you know, trying to run stuff out. And they should, probably should have chosen better. I, I don't know how many plays you can run from the one, your own one yard line. But they had to punt from their own end zone. And if you didn't see it, Morstead punched the ball into his up backs, but Trent Sherfield and, you know. And then there's the, the most hilarious moment that I had seen in football in a while, except, you know, for when the uh, commentator busts out laughing, I think it was on Thursday Night Football, when uh, it was uh, Daniel Jones takes off running on like an 80-yard run and the turf monster gets it. You know, <laughs> he falls flat on his face. Uh, but Isaiah McKenzie at the end of the game, I mean, I know that that was frustrating. Josh Allen drives them down. They had a chance to kick a field goal and win the football game. And they ran out of time. McKenzie catches the ball over the middle, can't get out of bounds. And it looked like the offense was just real lackadaisical and just coming and lining back up. They weren't hurrying at all. And it was four, three, and they like just walking to the line. I'm like, wow, are y'all trying to lose this game on purpose? And then you got the camera on Dorsey, and he is going ballistic. He is throwing his headset and his papers are going all over the place. And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe. You know what I mean? It's that's that's wild. That is so crazy. I mean, but I mean, I've I haven't seen something like that in the booth ever. I've never seen that before. I thought it was hilarious. Lions and Vikings. I thought for sure um, that Hulk Hogan's gritty team was going to win that game. I think end of the third quarter they were up twenty-four to uh, fourteen on the Vikings, and Minnesota erased that really quickly. They won the game twenty-eight to twenty-four. I mean, what more can you say? I wasn't rooting against 
the Vikings, but I have been rooting for the Lions all season long. All because of hard knocks. That's all. All because of hard knocks. Uh, Bengals at Jets, not a whole lot to talk about here. The fact that uh, uh, Joe Burrow was only sacked twice, that's a win for <laughs> for the Bengals. All right, the Jets, they turned the football over four, uh, four times. Two picks by Joe Flacco. I mean, what, what do you, you know, you can't do that and win football games. Um, they lose. You know, what was it, uh, 27 to 12? Eagles at Commanders. Uh, Carson Wentz did not get the warm welcome, obviously. And um, they had to walk out of there with a 24-8 loss to a potential, uh, you know, the guy that replaced him. Jalen Hurts looks like he's going to, you know, he's obviously an MVP candidate if he keeps this up. Devontae Smith, he just went plumb off himself. I mean, that, that was a really great game that he played with nine catches and 156 yards. Slim Reaper is back, man. I mean, and I, oh God, I just pulled the rest of my hair out. I let him go in fantasy because he wasn't being targeted. And I'm like, something tells me, just hold on to him. It was a great late round pick. Just hold on. To, and I didn't. And I didn't. And I'm paying for it right now. That's my fault. Jags at Chargers. Jaguars are for real. Doug Peterson has those boys playing ball. There's no two ways about it. He has them playing ball. And, um, you know, it, it took, I heard one of the commentators say, I can't remember who it was, but instead of, I mean, you have Trevor Lawrence, and it's better to trust him with a seasoned coach that actually has a Super Bowl trophy in his back pocket than someone who has a national championship, and it was pretty much kind of like a project. I mean, Urban Meyer, God bless him, but he was not an NFL coach, at least not at this point. No, 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 no. You see how different that offense looks for the Jaguars? Now, does it help that Justin Herbert is nursing sore ribs? By the way, I had a really tough decision. I mean, I won my fantasy game, I had a really tough decision. I mean, Herbert was going to make his decision on whether or not he was going to play at kickoff. They didn't kick off till 325. The only other quarterback I had on my roster was Tua. Tua, you know, I went on and started him because their game was at noon. And, of course, I was going back to that Miami game. I'm, there's no way he wasn't concussed. He gets up. He shakes his head. And he's, he's, and he's he just came out of a bar after about, you know, a good three hours of drinking Jack. And he was drunk. I mean, he was knocked out on his feet drunk. So there was no way. There's going to be an investigation. I haven't gotten any updates on that yet, but... I mean, I, I thought after that play, I'm like, I'm going to lose <laughs> because he's not coming back. He's not coming back. And then he comes back in the second half, you know, and, and they he throws a – I mean, they score a touchdown and they end up winning the game in the end. But, I mean, but, but look, the Chargers, man, they're hurting right now. They lose a tackle, I think, for the season, and he has a torn biceps. And, um, I mean, it's just not looking really good right now. They need to heal up, and the key is going to be Justin Herbert. We'll see if that turns around. Rams at Cardinals, zero touchdown passes from Matthew Stafford. Zero touchdown passes from Kyler Murray. And that's and that's with Murray throwing 58 times in the game. No touchdown pass. I'm thinking, uh, all right, Cooper Rush, uh, Cooper Rush, Cooper Cup had a rushing touchdown. That was great. <laughs> you know, I got him on one of my three fantasy teams. That was great. I keep going back to fantasy, but... Uh, it really gets you honed in on how these guys are performing. And you know, you're thinking if the Rams aren't throwing the football all over the lot because two out of the three games, they're not running the football game. I mean, running the football very much in these games. It's just not happening. I mean, Cam Akers, um, I mean, it's just a, a seesaw 
thing right here. I don't understand it. And speaking of which, man, I told you about Geno Smith. I mean, he's still holding down the starting job. I understand it. Um, but, you know, at the end, when you throw a pick that seals the seals the win for the Falcons, I'm proud to see that, they, that Arthur Smith and them boys actually got a W out there in the West Coast. But, I mean, the Falcons and Cordell Patterson, the, the running back, you know, he's he's kind of like Debo Samuel said, except he's got the wide receiver number mostly in the backfield. And he's running for 141 yards against the Seahawks. The Seahawks, I mean, they're still kind of rebuilding themselves. The defense is different. The offense is different. The pieces are different. It's going to take a while for that thing to turn around. Now, the most disappointing game um, was Sunday night, but the other one, and you're featuring four quarter quarterbacks, the, the best among, well, three quarterbacks that have been the best in the business. I'm, I don't want to, like, really include Jimmy Garoppolo in that because at least Jimmy has led his team to a couple of NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl um, with the help around him. Yeah, but he was the quarterback with all of that success. Y'all keep that in mind. But Packers and Bucks, I mean, after the first two drives, and the Packers offense wasn't really doing a whole lot after that. You know, you have uh, my man A.A. Ron. Rodgers throws two touchdown passes. Great. You know, the, the rookie dude, uh, Dobbs and uh, Alan Lazar. But after that, nothing. And then there's Tom Brady. Their offense, when they had put the graphic up that they were ranked like 24, I'm like, oh, my God. Between him and Russell Wilson, I don't know. You know what's worse and i understand that there's no mike evans there's no chris godwin there's no julio jones i mean they had to sign uh who is it cole beasley and play him last uh last sunday and it's like well i mean you got to do something and then at the end of the game they had a chance to finally tie the game and they run the clock runs out with tom brady the clock runs out they have to call a timeout and they had a good play called and they just took too long two seconds left and you're not even snapping the ball. You're giving you your, your, your hands to your head signals and it's not being snapped and you ran out of time. And then the next play, incomplete ball game. And the 49ers at the Broncos, I watched the entire game. 11 to 10. Wow. <laughs> what a game on Sunday night football. Golly, God, we got, I know that they're still, it's still new with Russell Wilson. New quarterback, new offense, new head coach. So, you know, you have all of these things that's kind of like colliding. So I, I'm looking forward to next year, not really this year, maybe the second half of this year for the Broncos offense. Now, the 49ers don't have as much of an excuse, but both defenses for both teams were nasty. They were playing. This was a, I was, look at the score. That was a defensive game. You know, and there was three touchdowns worth of points scored between both, uh, you know, not three touchdowns, but 21 points combined for both teams. And it, it was ugly. It was. Now, the Cowboys and Giants on Monday Night Football. All right, CD, thank you. You put the exclamation point on the game after embarrassing yourself, dropping that ball. He doesn't drop balls. So don't be too embarrassed, CD Lamb. It was an embarrassing thing for him. I understand that. But he doesn't really drop a whole lot of footballs. So I was glad to see it. Giants fans, hey, it's a mirage right now. It is. 
So let's see what happens later on. And then it's really going to be hard because Sterling Shepard is what? I think he's gone for the season. Was it Achilles or his knee? And you know, he, the guy went down and it was not just, just slowing down jogging and something blew. And that's not good. That is not good. Coming up next, when it comes to cities and an NFL franchise, sometimes the third time's the charm. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. So the AAFC, or the All-America Football Conference, it was born in 1946. So were the Cleveland Browns. Paul Brown was hired on to be the head coach. He was the GM, and he was given an ownership stake by the original owner, Arthur Mickey McBride. So the next year, 1947, the Baltimore Colts, the first version of the Baltimore Colts were born. If you don't know the story, the Miami Seahawks were the original franchise Florida's first ever franchise, and they were trash, and the owner couldn't afford to pay their players, so they end up relocating that team, and those players, they were awarded to Baltimore, okay? They made the playoffs even with a 7-7 and record, and quarterback by the name of Wyatt Tittle actually helped that. Um, Cleveland dominated the AAFC all four seasons. They only lost four times. One year they were undefeated. They won all four uh, championships. By 1950, uh, you know, when the AAFC had been defunct, they sucked up the Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers, and those Baltimore Colts, who after that 47 season were dog food. All right. While Cleveland was winning five uh, titles in six appearances those first six years in the league, Baltimore had been gone after a year. It only lasted a season. They got a second chance in 1953, of course. Carol Rosenblum, um, by way of Burt Bell, hey, come on and, and get in on this NFL thing. Rosenblum reluctantly agreed, bought the team for $13,000 with his ownership team. And after that first year, Rosenblum had already fired his first head coach. 54, he hires Weeb Eubank. Weeb Eubank leads them towards the end of the 50s, winning championships. Weeb Eubank is in the Hall of Fame. All right, that's what you need to know about him. 58-59, they win back-to-back championships against the New York Giants and a quarterback by the name of Y.A. Tittle. Meanwhile, Cleveland, they did win those all those championships and were in all those championship games. 1955 would prove to be the last year that Paul Brown would win a championship. His last championship win after coaxing Otto Graham to come back out of retirement to, for one more run. One more run. That $25,000 check helps. They got back to it after his retirement 
1957, but they were humbled 59-14 against the Detroit Lions. Baltimore, they were loaded with Hall of Famers, you know, around this time. Uh, Johnny Unitas, Gino Marchetti, Lenny Moore, Raymond Berry, uh, John Mackey, Jim Parker. So, you know, they had a really great team. And they were kind of like a short dynasty toward the end of the 50s, beginning in, you know, beginning around the 60s anyway. 1961, though, a guy by the name of Art Modell ends up buying the Browns. Okay, Mickey McBride is sold it to another ownership group, and that ownership group sold it over to Modell. And 1962 would mark the next year the end of two future Hall of Fame coaches. All right, both Cleveland and Baltimore had missed the playoffs for several years. Baltimore since 1960, Cleveland since 1959. And that was the first time Paul Brown ever had, I think, a losing season, I believe. But anyway, you slice it. There was a rift between Paul Brown and Art Modell, and it was a what you would call a power struggle because Modell wanted to have some say in football operations. Keep in mind that Paul Brown was the end-all, be-all for anything football. He, nothing was done without his say when it came to the football team. He might as well have been the sole beneficiary uh, owner he should have been it, it, it would think you would think it. I mean they were named after him and everything right well everything basically came to a head after the Bobby Mitchell Ernie Davis trade between Washington and the Browns uh, and if you don't know about that it's just this simple Paul Brown wanted Ernie Davis who was out of Syracuse and running back he wanted to join him in the background uh, backfield with Jim Brown all right so uh, on the other side, George Preston Marshall, please excuse the Washington Redskins owner, needed to integrate his team, which he did through this trade. Bobby Mitchell was traded um, to the Washington football team for the rights to Ernie Davis, and I think there were some other players that were involved as well. Uh, they went 7-6-1 that 1962 season. Modell fired Paul Brown. That same year, uh, CR, as people would call him, Carol Rosenblum, owner of the Baltimore Colts, he fired Eubank. And this is after basically him kind of slick telling them, oh, your job is safe. But while he was away, uh, he ended up interviewing Don Shula uh, in, in the dark. So uh, Blanton Collier replaced Paul Brown. Don Shula replaced Weave Eubank. And then here we go. 1964, though, a couple years later, a couple seasons later, these two teams were meeting in the championship. Both of them back again. The 12-2, and two, and I believe the favored Baltimore Colts lost 27 to nothing to the Cleveland Browns. And this was Jim Brown, Frank Ryan, Paul Warfield team, Gary Collins, Lou Grozel at 40 still kicking the football. So, but here's the thing. Since that 1964 championship, the Baltimore Colts, you know, they ended up going on, even after they lost, they went on to, to two Super Bowls. They won one, of course. And we talked about it last week. They had three playoff appearances near the end of the 70s, between 75 and 77. Then they stunk, okay? Then they were on their sixth head coach in 1982, and they earned the first overall draft pick for the 1983 draft. The Browns actually went back to the championship game again in 1965, and they lost to Green Bay, the Packers, and Vince Lombardi. They were in the midst of their dynasty. Cleveland reached the, uh, the playoffs three more times under Blanton Collier. They lost in the conference championship game in back-to-back -back seasons. He was replaced after a 500-1970 season. 
two playoff appearances at the beginning of the 70s, and that was about it. 1978, they hired Sam Reck with Tugliano. He was hired to get the Browns back to the playoffs, and he did so in 1980. If you remember the cardiac kids, okay, but that wasn't enough. Rutigliano was eventually replaced after a 1-7 and start by Marty Schottenheimer in 1984. And that was the same year that the new owner of the Baltimore Colts, uh, Robert Ursay, you know, he had been asking for a new stadium for quite a while, and they didn't move fast enough. So he brought in 14 Mayflowers and got them out of there. <laughs> he did move them to Indianapolis. Uh, as far as Cleveland and Schottenheimer going forward, he ended up getting them to back-to-back AFC Championship games in 1986 and 1987. So, only problem was they had to face John Elway when he was really coming into his Hall of Fame start. They lost both of those games in dramatic fashion. The drive, the 98-yard drive for them to tie the game, and then they turn around and kick the field goal in overtime to win it. And then there was the fumble. Ernest Biner is on his way in. And Jeremiah Castillo punches the ball out as he's going into the end zone. Broncos recover. Game over. Fast forward to 1989, Bud Carson, who was a longtime defensive coordinator going all the way back to the Steelers and the Rams and I believe with the Jets. He ends up the head coach of the Browns. They get to AFC Championship game. And there's not as much drama there as the Broncos again beat them. And LA again beat them 37-21. to 1991. Then there's Bill Belichick. They hired Bill Belichick. And Belichick was the defense coordinator, linebackers coach, and all that for uh, Bill Parcells and the New York Giants. Well, I mean, it didn't exactly add up to wins immediately his first three seasons. This are These are his win totals, six, seven, and seven. 1994, they went to the playoffs. They were 11 and five. But then came 1995. <laughs> so... Ladies and gentlemen, I have to question. Anybody been through a difficult breakup or a divorce? You know, it could have been your fault. Maybe it wasn't. And maybe there were some changes, you know, that you or maybe the significant other, they ask you to make or you ask them to make for the better, okay? Now, at some point, it may be too late. But just imagine your significant other tells you, I'm out of here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been through a difficult breakup before. I mean, going all the way back to the days of the note when the girl fills it out, uh, will you go with me? And they give you the three boxes yes box, no box, maybe box. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have, you have some heartbreaks. Uh, but if you, have you ever seen, I don't know how many of y'all out there, I'm a movie guy, so I watch all kind of movies. And not everything, but I like, I like a lot of movies and TV shows. Have you ever seen the movie Waiting to Exhale? It's one with Whitney Houston. It's featuring four women, okay, four different stories. You got Whitney Houston, Loretta Devine, uh, Leela Rashawn, um, and then Angela Bassett 
she's kind of like the main character. She's married to a guy that has a lot of money, did everything set in Scottsdale, Arizona, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, her husband over 11 years just comes in one day and, you know, amongst having the kids and the money and everything, because she put her business and everything on the back burner uh, in order to help him build, you know, which turned out to be her idea for him to get, you know, big business. And he's very successful. And he comes in one day and says, I'm leaving you for her. Who is her? It's his bookkeeper. <laughs> he, he leaves. He's leaving his wife for the bookkeeper. Now, wait a minute. That's what she says. She's putting on her lipstick and everything. But anyway, I mean, I'm leaving you for her. Not just I'm cheat. I've been cheating or anything. But I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> Sorry. You know, that's exactly what Art Modell told the city of Cleveland on November 6, 1995. And while we talk about, you know, Rob, we mentioned Robert Ursay. Robert Ursay kind of slick did the same thing to his wife, except he just moved all his stuff out, according to a Sports Illustrated article, per his his ex-wife at the time. You know, she came home and it was, I guess there was a note and he had just moved everything out or there was divorce papers or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that that's cold. That's my point. That's cold. But that's basically what Art Modell told the city of Cleveland. On that day, Modell announced plans to move his team to Baltimore for the 1996 season. It was all over, you know, the sports networks, well, mainly ESPN. The day of the announcement, Cleveland hosted the Houston Oilers. It was a 37-10 loss, ironically, to a franchise that wanted to and eventually would move. They wanted to play in Nashville. Modell, who was advised for security reasons, <laughs> duh, he did not attend the game. The first one he ever missed in 35 years. Why? Imagine what that was like, though, being a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, I watched the old Sports Center and um, Tom Jackson, who was, you know, a longtime sportscaster there, you know, for NFL coverage and everything, especially with Boomer, uh, NFL primetime. Tom Jackson played his entire career with the Denver Broncos, but he was a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. That 64 championship game, his father actually got them tickets. He saw that 27 to nothing beatdown of Johnny Unitas and them boys. He's, he was there for that as a kid. That's cool, but you can imagine how hurt that he was when he you know, had pinned his thing that he spoke, you know, just telling how it hurt him as a lifelong fan to be losing his team all of a sudden. They've been there since 1946. All the history, the great players, the memories, all the things that we talked about last week, you know, like when Robert Ursay moved the Baltimore Colts in the middle of the night to Indianapolis. All of that history, he's taking it with him. The answer is simple, though. Why? A stadium. Just like the other owners before him, the Browns played in a rundown outdated 65 year old stadium Modell wanted some revenue for renovations or at least you know if we can't do the new stadium you know give me some revenue dollars and they was moving like pond water pond water doesn't move apparently now this is per espn uh cover story that ran the day of the announcement and this is credit to bob lee our Modell had lost millions of dollars and the reason was that Modell was in the middle of a 25 year lease uh, where he basically was paying all the expenses, saving the city from having to do that, okay? 
problem is the Browns and the Cleveland Indians shared the stadium. They shared it. And well, not saying that was a problem. It was great because Modell had made the money from the suites that he sold in that stadium, which was revenue that he did not have to show share, excuse me, with the NFL. But then Jacobs Field ended up becoming the Cleveland Indians' new home in 1994. From there, Modell started losing money. And there's a report uh, that he has lost around $21 million between 1993 and 1994. He was hemorrhaging money. All this according to BrownsNation.com's Wendy Oliveros. Here's what the city of Cleveland spent. All right. This is on fields, those professional fields, as, as well as um, a entertainment venue. Just call it that. Jacobs Field cost $169 million. Gund Arena, where the Cleveland Cavaliers played, of course, it's been renamed since then, $148 million. And then the Rock and Roll Museum, $92 million. Cleveland's uh, their stadium renovation cost was somewhere between $154 and $175 million. Again, a 65-year-old stadium. They needed another stadium. A county judge in Cleveland actually issued a temporary restraining order on the move. The county said, hey, hey, oh, all right, we're just going to we're gonna put, put the brakes on this. Somebody wanted to start that. I understand that. It was via the city, I would, I would think. And, and, and speaking of the city, they actually explored that eminent domain thing, the same thing that Baltimore tried with Ursay to take the team away. The Baltimore franchise, uh, they would end up playing, you know, once they move, supposed to be in the Baltimore Browns they would play the first two years at the old Memorial Stadium the one that was built back in 1921 yeah that stadium but they was going to be moving into the new 70,000 seat NFL stadium at Camden Yards of course it was later named PSI, PSI Net Stadium and of course we know it now as M&T Bank Stadium um, first the team was supposed to be called the Baltimore Browns yeah but Man, I'm glad that didn't go through. The mayor of Cleveland, Michael R. Wright, he was on, um, they had him on for a press conference, and he was extremely heated. And the question that he was basically asking over and over was why do they have to be cities like Baltimore or Cleveland? Why should fans have to endure losing their teams? And I guess my only question is, is if you, I don't know, did they have any idea? But I guess the thing is, Going back to Carol Rosenblum's day, as well as Robert Ursay's day, the NFL's popularity was just now building. So I'm guessing that wasn't exactly, and probably still isn't for most cities, or some cities anyway, not exactly uh, um, something they felt a need to actually hurry up and do. You know, let's get these guys a stadium before they pick up and leave. Because I guess you could think that it's unthinkable that they would actually pick up and move, especially a franchise like the Cleveland Browns a storied franchise at the time, right? I mean, still a storied franchise. Then They're not that great, you know, they don't have a great history as of late, but it's still the Cleveland Browns, you know what I mean? So, you know, he asked that question, I'm just, can, can they come up with the money? And, you know, I'm sure there's good reasons for it because you, know, you have some other pressing needs and you have to also think about the taxes that people will have to pay. But the truth is, that the NFL was getting more popular than ever. You know, and they had two new franchises, the Panthers and the Jaguars that were starting up. There was new stadiums that were being built. And like I said, just note, the Houston Oilers, owner Bud Adams, same old story. He wanted a new stadium in Houston. They weren't going to give it to him. That's why the Titans are here now. 
in Nashville. So in Houston, they obviously got the memo uh, because when Bob McNair and and his ownership team, when they came in, obviously dad uh, ended up building a brand new stadium down there. That's supposed to have been for the Houston Oilers. Uh, you know, that, if you think about it in that way, Baltimore, Oakland, St. Louis, Jacksonville and Carolina in that order, they actually had the highest projected stadium income, according to the Boston Globe, meaning big money was being spent uh, on. And, and that was the projected revenue that it was supposed to bring in to these to these stadiums. Um, also, between Baltimore's, you know, 40 million <laughs> and down to Carolina and Jacksonville tied for 31 million. That's a lot of cheese. That's a lot of cheese, a lot of money. It's all about the revenue. But you also have to look at the benefits of bringing in a new team. We've talked about the new jobs and the big shot in the arm financially for the economy of that city. You do feel for the fans. The fans obviously it's not their fault, but it, like I said, it's all about the money. And according to Bob Lee's story back in 95, the NFL had nine requirements for NFL teams to move eight of them as he and I kind of quote him here they concern economics or politics and there was only one that concerned fan loyalty so you guys are last on the list you know wherever they gonna go the fans are gonna come right what does that tell you the dog pound basically didn't matter check this out Art Modell had signed the contract aboard a private plane on October 27th on an airport runway of course november 16th he made the announcement of the move the next day <laughs> cleveland had approved the 175 million dollars to renovate cleveland municipal stadium but the contract had already been signed by model to move the franchise it was too late it was too late the 95 browns they were coached by bill belichick they finished the season 5-11 the final home game the browns beat the cincinnati Bengals 26 to 10 which was their only win after Modell's announcement. And he had people throwing bottles and, and people were crying and people were snatching seats out of the stadium, you know. It, it's That was wild, man. But wait, there's a whole lot more. The Browns minority uh, team owner, Al Lerner, okay, he apparently had privately been suggesting to Modell that they move the Browns to Baltimore, to, or to move the Browns elsewhere. Baltimore was ready and willing, obviously, okay? After a meeting between Lerner and Maryland Stadium Authority Chairman, his name was John Mogg, an offer was presented for a brand new stadium, okay? $220 million if the Browns promised to move there. Mogg told Lerner the time was short because there was another team already in the running. That team turned out to be the Cincinnati Bengals, the team they beat on that last day. And you know, they were also looking for the city to build them a stadium and replace the old Riverfront Stadium. Eventually, Cincinnati came through and obviously, Modell took the cheese. Aftermath, Cleveland, the NFL, and Art Modell, they came to a compromise February of 1996. It was agreed, okay? A couple of points. It was agreed that Modell would move the franchise in exchange for the Browns' name, history, and colors. The $175 million for the renovations, it was now going to be used for a new stadium plus $48 million given by the NFL. Wow. Didn't know that. Modell had to come out of his pocket, still had to come out of his pocket, pay Cleveland 
$9.3 million for lost taxes and income revenue, and $2.25 million for the city's legal fees. Lastly, the Browns' future team would have to be in the same division as the Bengals and the Steelers so those rivalries could continue. The NFL owners, they approved the deal 25 to 2. 25 to 2. There were three absentee votes, I think it was. So the municipal stadium was demolished. The new bill began on May 15, 1997. It cost $283 million. You know it now as First Energy Stadium, formerly Cleveland Browns Stadium. Guess who ended up buying the team, though? Al Lerner. <laughs> $530 million. Lerner teamed up with former 49ers president Carmen Policy, and he became the team's minority owner and president. February of 1999, an expansion draft was held. They selected 150 unprotected players from the other 30 NFL teams, and they also were awarded the first pick in the 99 draft. They picked Tim Couch. I bet they regret that. <laughs> they picked Tim Couch. Quarterback out of Kentucky. I mean, Couch was a really great quarterback in college. Since then, the Browns have only been to the playoffs twice. Only three winning seasons. Uh, they've changed quarterbacks more than you change draws, more than you change your underwear. But Cleveland has their team back. The dog pound was back, and, and they are still back. The new Baltimore franchise, they were nicknamed the Ravens. It's been 27 seasons since Baltimore had football return to the city. Just talking about till now, all right? They went 11 years without. Their first head coach ended up being a blast from the past. Ted Machabrota, he was hired 21 years and one month from the day that he was hired by the Colts way back in 1975. He only lasted three seasons, though. Brian Billick ended up getting hired. He took over. He won a Super Bowl in his second year. He led the Ravens out of his nine years to the playoffs four times. That's great. John Harbaugh took over in 2008. The team has only had two losing seasons in his 14 years, he's in his 15th year now as head coach. They've been to three AFC championships, one Super Bowl, um, won the Super Bowl in 2012. Ray Lewis, I mean, great players. Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Jonathan Ogden. I mean, they, had, they have had a really great, I mean, being a Steelers fan, I, I respect them. I mean, this team was was built, and, and you, you don't think of them. The first thing you think about is a tough defense, a gritty offense. I mean, just a great team that if they lose, you're surprised. That's just me. You know, Ed Reed, Jamal Lewis, Peter Bulware, Matt Stover, Haloti Nada, Marshall Yonda. Three of those players are in the Hall of Fame. They're already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Included in the Baltimore Ring, uh, Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor, actually. It was a ring of ring, a ring of honor, I believe. Uh, players from the old Baltimore Colts, such as Johnny Unitas, Lenny Moore. Um, Artie Donovan, Jim Parker, you know, Raymond Berry, Ted Hendricks, John Mackey, Gina Marchetti, all of those guys I named earlier in the show, and even Art Modell, who passed away in 2012. But two very interesting things that came out of this. I'm reading this book about John Elway, and there was one thing that the author said that I never noticed before. Technically, Elway was part of the reason, part of the reason two franchises packed up and moved away. The Colts, you know, the 83 draft, they pick them. He don't want to play for them. They stink. They move. They end up trading them away. They move. The Cleveland Browns, Elway beat them three times in the AFC Championship game in four years. Eventually, they stink, and they move. I never noticed that before. But you want to know what else is crazy? That movie, Waiting to Excel, that came out 
1995. That's it. That's the show. References. Thanks to ProFootballReference.com, BaltimoreRavens.com, ESPN.com, BrownsNation.com. Uh, this is written by Wendy Oliveros. The article 25 years ago, Art Modell announced the move to Baltimore. This dated November 5th, 2020. Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, Ravens.com, their team history. Also, all sports history. What happened to the original Cleveland Browns? Finally, the book Elway, A Relentless Life, written by Jason Cole. This has been the Behind the Mic podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. The show is presented by Belly of Sports, the Belly of Sports Podcast Network, BellyofSports.com, our home base of Spreaker. You can find us on there as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Tell all your friends and family about this show or I will find your house. I'm out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.